What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And so this episode, I want to cover the craziness that's going on over at Peloton and how you really got to walk the walk these days. You can't just talk it, especially when it comes to people's money. I want to get into more of this. Um, you know, what's the proper tactics that I'm just seeing that is winning for some of these medical uh, practices that are doing a lot of their cold email outbound activities to help re-engage patients, especially to offer up some of their services, some of the cash pay services, right? Um, there's some really interesting things that I'm seeing in the ecosystem that I want to share with, with everyone, as well as I want to talk about this event that's coming up on December 16th here in Atlanta. And last but not least, man, if you're not in the Shockwave AMA, please come on, man. Join us tonight. It's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we'll get into some questions. All right, let's get into it. So the latest beat on the street when it comes to this uh, fitness tech space uh, is that Peloton may be getting acquired by Disney. I know Disney's is throwing their hat in the ring, and this is mainly because Peloton's going through some tough times. Uh, I found this article on Athlete Tech News. I'll have a link to it in the in the show notes. But it's talking about how Peloton's employees are pretty pissed off because there's some really pretty big wage disparity that's being um, revealed. People have said historically that a lot of Peloton employees are being underpaid, uh, which is, um, you know, during inflation times, that could be a little tough. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, they're saying that a lot of the black employees are really frustrated because they're getting paid a lot less, especially when um, Peloton kind of made this media stunt to really get with uh, BLM and uh, an anti-Asian hate stance that they took. And, you know, at the end of the day, what everybody's pissed about is that it just doesn't feel genuine. Like, I don't, I, I, I was always curious, personally, when I saw a lot of companies kind of, you know, raising their hands saying, hey, Black Lives Matter, and we're going to donate this money, and we're going to make sure that we have these departments, uh, have it, make it more inclusive. And that sounded nice. And it sounded good. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm all for that, of course, right? But with that being said, I'm like, man, is like, is it just a like a hot take for the moment? Are we just doing it so we can have some more social media content that we can run up? Or are we genuinely concerned about these issues? And my take is that if you're not concerned, man, you don't you don't have to say anything. Like you don't have to, you know, act as if you have the stance if you don't really want to take the stance. Like there's nothing wrong with being quiet. Like I understand that the big brands probably feel more obligated to 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 look and posture, but I mean the fortunate part about these times and the unfortunate part about these times is that you're gonna like whatever's truly truthfully there is gonna be exposed. There's too much information. I mean, this is unreal when we're living in this information age and this web point that this whole web 3.0 um, that's off in the horizon with this virtual reality and we're living in an alternative meta metaverse and all that type of conversation really kind of scares the crap out of me. But, you know, even in this information age that we're currently in, like it's only a matter of time before the truth is revealed because there's just so much data that's being exchanged. It's very difficult to hide. It's difficult to kind of push things under the rug because you make statements and then they're in the ecosystem they're online and people are going to revisit them. People are going to start uncovering your books. If you're a public company, they're going to start opening up those 510Ks. They're going to start looking at your actual financial statements and seeing what's really there. And that's uh, that's just that's just that's just where we are today. So so anyway, um, with that being said, whenever there's a controversy or any type of you know um, challenges or, or 
issues going on, it's another man's opportunities, right? One man's junk is uh, another man's treasure. So, you know, I think Disney uh, is could be a really good home for Peloton with that being said. And I think about this fitness tech space, and I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, fitness companies that are going to be acquired over time. And I bring this up, not because I'm just here to talk about the news, but I really want to lay this out for a lot of my clients. And I'm really thinking more about why aren't more of my medical practices that we're working with thinking about preventive medicine, more corrective exercise equipment and technology into their practices. I see an enormous opportunity to bring more of the gym atmosphere and the gym sense of health where you combine not only the Western science right and, and some of the medical practices that are there but we also combine it with some more of this holistic care some more of the eastern medicine practices and there's just a big opportunity for it and i think that people are looking for places where they're paying willing to pay a separate membership to have someone analyze their rest and maybe have meditation courses online like these are services that are cash-based that you could incorporate into your practice that you don't have to rely on the insurance pay you uh, only a fraction of what you request. <laughs> and so anyway, just a thought, man, that I think that if you're not thinking about how you can bridge that gap between fitness and medical and offer more of a preventative service, I think now is the time more than ever. And the people that do that, I think, you know, if you ever did want to exit your practice, be able to establish that as a brand and get that into the part of what you're doing, I think there could be enormous opportunities for you to do that down the line if you seek that. But with that being said, um, I want to talk about some techniques that are some tactics, I should say, I'm seeing some practices do to re-engage patients. I think it's brilliant, and I wanted to share it out with the audience because I appreciate you guys listening in. So I want to give you guys some value that's tangible and tactical that you guys can go implement in your practice. So there's a really interesting in the cold email like formula into sequencing. So I talked about this on the Sales Culture Podcast, and, and that's what where I spend more time focused on the B2B activities, but B2C are similar, but I think you have to be a little bit more thoughtful about your brand and about your image than you do with B2B, because B2B, you can talk more about, hey, is it going to make the business money? Yes or no. It's a black and white conversation normally. I mean, and if it is, you can get deeper into that funnel, but with the B2C conversations, it's more of, um, you know, you have to understand the person's goals and what they're trying to accomplish and understand how you're businesses positioned to best service them and you got to keep that brand tone and that and that service offering very consistent and so a sequence that i see that is really working is when clinics operate as if they're the mayor of their town i'm sure you guys heard about this show called cheers back in the day uh and there's a guy named norm i think his name was he always pulled up at the bar i think it was the mailman and everybody knew he walked in, it was cheers. Everybody, oh, it's, congratulations, Norm's here. You know, and it's like, I think that's the energy that you want your medical practice to have throughout your community. Like when people see you walking through the grocery store, hopefully you're getting that type of love or they are what you're doing resonates with them. And it sounds weird to say that in 2021. And I was just talking about tech earlier in the, in the actual episode, but there's an element that I think is being overlooked with all this tech that's going on is that this human connection, this one-to-one, this deep you know, relationship, this understanding of the person, I think there's an enormous opportunities to go back to that level. So let me get into this cold email sequence of how we can try to build those deeper relationships. So one, whenever you reach out to someone, I highly recommend that you use this software called Vidyard 
or just something that could capture your video so you can embed it into the email and let people know that it's a personalized email. You don't have to do this for all of them, but I think when you're first, after your first meeting or maybe uh, you know, a month for your follow-up just to kind of see how they're doing. It'd be really great if you can customize a quick message to let people know that you're thinking about them. Doesn't have to be anything deep, nothing crazy. I saw you came in because you tweaked your hamstrings. Want to make sure that you're back on the soccer field and you're doing your thing. You know, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. Literally that simple, a 15-second thing. But boy, does it matter to the patient, right? How many doctors or healthcare providers are following up with their patients to see how they're doing after the treatment? It matters when they can just have a quick video of that. And, you know, I know your team's doing it, hopefully, but it matters when you do it because you're the person that was working on them. So that's a thought. You know, that, that'd that be great as a first email uh, sequence. You know, normally I do like a sequence of four or so. So that'd be a great first touch to have that follow-up email after they come in. Um, the second emails and the, and the third and the fourth can be more automated. And so second, if you could reshare maybe some research, uh, you can reshare you can reshare a really cool blog article, um, really talk about some corrective exercise movements, whatever, anything that might be valuable based off what they came in for. And honestly, again, this doesn't have to be nearly as customized. That takes a lot of time to do. The first one, I highly recommend it. But down the line, you can kind of, you know, have this more so canned approach. So you can just kind of get them out. And it's okay to share, you know, shoulder mobility exercises if someone came in for a tweaked hamstring. I think that makes sense. Because they're still, you know, they're still focused on their health, right? It's not it doesn't have to be that that focused. Um, in a way that I think that for your next email, if you can do something that's fun, and this is where how I'm speaking about having that cheers mentality, right? Because if you're all business and no play, people don't really get to know you that much. And so I highly recommend if you can bake in a fun element of what you do, maybe share a cool story that's going on around your city. Um, if there's a, a local event that's coming up. Uh, if there's a concert coming up that you're into, like whatever, whatever may be a competition that you guys are want to support one of your members at, doesn't matter. Something that's fun, lets people know that you're human and you're not just a robotic healthcare provider uh, that, <laughs> you know, that just goes through the motions and treats everybody the same. And you know how cool it would be to invite people out to that event with you? If you're going to go out to the pumpkin patch with your kids and invite their families out, you can't tell me that doesn't make a difference. They will, probably won't show. But it's not about that. It's not about getting them to come there. It's not about closing them on the pumpkin patch farm. It's about building authentic relationships and inviting them into your lives. So think about that as a third email. And then finally, last but not least, so you've been jabbing away. You've been kind of, you know, just keeping that engagement going. And finally, you send them a special offer. Give them a coupon if they bring a friend in. Offer a free session of shockwave therapy. Whatever you want to do for your monthly promo, but come up with a monthly promo and encourage them to come back in. Make it something that's going to be cash-based. You know, that's what we're here for, right? This is business. Um, I got schooled a little bit today on uh, what's the name of that app? Clubhouse. I was on Clubhouse earlier today, and they were talking about you know how healthcare is business. And it's true. Like we try to dance around that too much. And really, let's be honest. If you own a medical practice, you're in business. So let's get to the business, right? So give them a special offer at the end. Invite them in. We encourage them to come back and repeat this the following. If you enjoyed this conversation, please go over to Apple, Spotify, wherever you're consuming this, and subscribe. Tell a friend about it. That would be that would be amazing. I'm really trying to get, boost up more and more content and try to find ways to buy more and more value to 
audience. If you didn't like it, that's all good too. <laughs> and leave me a one star. But if you if you did, whatever, drop me four or five stars. The ratings matter, your feedback matters, however it comes. And I look forward to dropping more and more content. And if you're able to join the Shockwave Ask Me Anything call later on today, 5 p.m. Pacific, we'd love to have you. It's gonna be myself and several of my uh, close uh, Shockwave users there you can join on. Just go over to the realvalue.media, hit that RV community, and then, you know, I'll send you the uh, Zoom link so you can be a part of it. And with that said, I'm out of here. I look forward to dropping more and more.